Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to Arkansas Row Crop Radio. My name is Nick Bateman, an extension entomologist with the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Uh, today I have with me Gus Lorenz and Ben Thrash, both extension entomologists. How's with, it going? With hey. the, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today we wanted to talk about uh, some of the early season insect issues we're seeing and, and some things like that and where we're at with seed treatments. Um, I guess I'll start it off with what we're seeing in rice. So, you know, over at Stuttgart, we've had our, our rice water weevil plots flooded for about two weeks now and haven't seen any adult activity from rice water weevils up until this Monday. And we're starting to see a pretty good population of adults move in there and, and a lot of scarring showing up. And, you know, one of our, our recommendations is if, if we're going to have to make a foliar application for rice water weevils, it needs to be usually within the first seven days after going to flood. You know, over the past couple of years, what we've seen is this trend of, especially if we go to flood mid-May, you know, usually we're not seeing that, that flush rice water will show up to around the first week of June. It's usually a couple of weeks after. Um, and, you know, when it comes to a foliar in that standpoint, and if you consider the weather conditions we have where, where the rice really isn't growing real well, a lot of it's sickly going to flood right now. Uh, to begin with, you know, we're, we're still in that window. We should probably consider that application, especially if the scar is greater than 35, 40% on, on new leaf material out there. And you need to keep in mind too, if you, if you have like a cruiser nips at seed treatment, you know, we're, we're talking about the rice that's going to flood right now. got planted the first, usually 10, 15 days of April. It's long gone. You know, we only get 30, 35 days out of those products. So that would put us around mid May. Here we are at the 1st of June. We're, we're not expecting a lot of activity out of that. Now, if you had like a Dermacore for tens of seed treatment on there, we, we don't recommend a foliar on top of those. Those products last much longer and they provide much better control of rice water weevil. Uh, the other thing we've seen a little bit of showing up in rice and not to a large extent is, is some defoliation from some army worms. You know, we, we've done work on this the past four or five years. And what we see is essentially until you get up to green ring, it takes a lot of defoliation to cause any yield loss. Uh, there may be a little bit of delay in maturity, but but we see no yield loss even from 100% defoliation. So down to the soil line for two to three leaf all the way up to, to four to five tiller rice. Once we get around that four to five tiller stage, you know, 60, 80% defoliation there, we can start getting into some pretty good, pretty good yield loss and some pretty good uh, heading delays. So that, that's pretty much going on, or that's pretty much what's going on right now in rice. So just keep that in mind. Keep up with those fields, especially those going to flood right now. And keep an eye out for the rice water weevils. Yeah, I, we haven't seen, and this, this trend with the rice water weevils is kind of different from what we've seen in the past. I mean, they're just, uh, they just pop up maybe a week after the flood's been on and that kind of thing. And that's just kind of different from from what we've seen in the past but uh you know if you got that that seed treatment out there like cruiser nips it and it's 28 to 35 days it's gone like nick said not I, I really feel like with the with the growing uh growth that we've seen i mean it's been cold it's been wet and uh, the crops in general across all the crops have just really been slow this year and i think that lends itself towards uh 
some damage, you know, if we're if we don't take care of these insects. And and this is the same trend we see in in cotton. Uh, you know, the growth on our cotton's really been slow this year. And and I'll just say this, you know, based on the numbers that we're seeing in our samples in in our plots, the the thrips numbers are outrageous right now. Uh, yeah. They're and and the thing to remember, you know, is it it really doesn't. When cotton's slow and it's not growing off well, it doesn't take nearly as many thrips to cause damage as it does when they're when we got good weather and good growing conditions and the cotton's growing off really well. Uh, you know, it takes a lot of thrips to cause any kind of damage. But in this situation, it's where where the cotton's not growing good. Uh, just a couple of thrips per plant can cause some pretty significant damage. So uh that's kind of what we're seeing right now and getting a lot of calls from people and and uh, there's some some questions about you know everybody's going out with a herbicide can they tank mix you know and and where we've seen some problems uh with the ec formulation insecticides like bidrin and dimethoate and stuff like that you tank mix that with with uh dual and glufosinate and some roundup and you can get some pretty substantial burn particularly with these days like we've had all the cloudy cool weather i just think it lends itself towards seeing some some kind of burn on those leaves so being careful about the product that you choose and and uh and really scouting thrips right now because they're they are bad uh, all over the state. It doesn't matter where you are. Uh, we're getting calls from everybody about the thrips, and, and I can just tell you they're worse this year than they have been for the last two or three years. Mm -hmm. Don't you think, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, while we, we can kind of move over into corn, kind of what we're seeing here, we're getting some phone calls on uh, on armyworms out in corn. And our our threshold for defoliation in corn is, is really high. Uh, our threshold's about three worms per plant out in a cornfield. And, uh, you know, you got to get into some really late planted corn before you can even see any yield loss uh, from defoliation in corn. Another thing that we're picking up on, uh, people are calling us about brown stink bugs, brown or green stink bugs out in corn. Uh, mostly brown. They're really they're really hard to find out in cornfields. So if you start seeing a few uh, out on the edge, that probably means there's a lot more out there than uh, than what you're seeing. Uh, we keep we hear hear stories about you know somebody seeing a few stink bugs out on the edge of cornfield. Them deciding to go ahead and treat. They come back the next day, and there's dead stink bugs everywhere. So keep an eye on your corn for those stink bugs. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on in beans right now. There's, uh, you know, we're getting some phone calls about slugs. And there's not a whole lot you can do for slugs except uh, you. there's a chemical out there called Deadline that works really well. The only problem is it costs about $30 per acre, and you can't put it out ahead of the rain, which is, uh, which is hard to do. You need a few days of of dry weather to be able to put this chemical out for it to work. Uh, or you can, if you're in a no-till or minimum till situation or in a cover crop situation, you can disc it and that, that will help 
once it dries out and everything, kill all those slugs. But there's just not a whole lot you can do for them. Yeah, a lot of people are calling right now asking about will acephate or bidrin control. No, it no. The answer is no. So uh, there, there's just not a whole lot we can do. And and I think you know, as we continue to increase no-till and cover crop si- systems, I think you know slugs are going to continue to be a problem and. And uh, we're looking at look uh, at some banded applications and reducing the amount per acre to see if we can find a way to improve control with deadline to kind of lower that cost. But but right now, you know, your your only option is is deadline, and and uh, it's just expensive. Like Ben said, it's just not going to be it's not going to be something that our growers are are real hip to do so uh, this is a problem that we're going to have to learn and to deal with and and how we go from here we're trying to find some solutions but right now we there's just no answer for the for the slug situation uh yeah. you'll hear you'll hear stuff about putting out potash and that kind and you know potash is a salt and if it hits the slugs or they come in contact with it you know it may help provide some control but but uh, by and large, that had, hasn't been really effective in the past. So uh, just something to keep in mind. And last, I, th- I, you know, I want to talk about the fire ant situation. You know, I had a lot of people call me at the end of last year and the first of this year about fire ants being bad last year. And they, they were kind of wanting to know what they should do for control in, in row crops. And, you know, we did some work a few years ago looking at perimeter treatments of Extinguish Plus and, and got some really good results with it. But I told everybody, you know, based on talking to our fire ant guy that uh, we felt like with the winter that we had this past season that fire ants weren't going to be a problem. Well, we're wrong again. You know, anytime you, you start predicting, you know, you're always wrong. Uh, I was told there's only two kinds of people that make predictions, fools and newcomers. And uh, unfortunately, I don't, I'm not a newcomer, so I don't, you know, that's kind of where it's at. But they're much worse than we expected this year. Uh, they bounced back from this winter extremely well. And we got we got some some areas where fire ants are a concern. And, and we, we produced a fact sheet about putting out a perimeter treatment of Extinguish Plus just around the edge of the field. And it it does work extremely well. So if you get in that situation, uh, if you want to talk about it, just give us a call. We can we can share that fact sheet with you or the details of it and, and, and save a little money for the grower. Uh, it's not very effective to go out there and make foliar applications just for control of fire ants. It just doesn't work. It kills the workers, but not the queen. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to to get control without using some kind of long-term product like a a fire ant bait that they take back to the the nest. So, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, Before we get off here, you want to update everybody on the moth traps and where we're at now? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. So, last few weeks, we've had some target traps you know specific traps in in our trap lines both down at tiller and up here at uh, lone oak and we've caught uh, just this week we had a trap at grady that was running uh over 200 miles on a three-day catch 
so pretty significant numbers are showing up and i would i would tell you that you know the potential for bowworm issues is quickly coming up and i think i think bowworm numbers here i go predicting again <laughs> you know <laughs> but i think bowworms could be a an issue for us this year with with what what our traps are telling us this early in the year to be catching traps you know with with over 200 miles and 170 in one and and that kind of thing uh that's a good indication that that there's a potential for for bowworm problems this year not to be a bear of bad bad predictions but anyway <laughs> that's about it yeah all right well thanks for joining us on arkansas row crop radio arkansas row crops radio is a production of the university of arkansas system division of agriculture For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.edu.